welcome back to the BDSM show. I'm Billy. I'm Devo. And uh, we are braving some tropical weather here, um, vicious rainstorms outside, to bring you uh, more Billy and Devo talk sports and manliness. Uh, uh, you can find us on Twitter, if you're into that, or at BDSM show, uh, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash BDSM show. Yes, that is correct. Uh, hit up the social media. It's the best way to interact with us. Uh, or you could meet us in person, but we're not nice people in person, so I, I would advise against that. Uh, I'm, I'm nice. You can come say hi to me. Yeah, say hi to Devo. Don't say hi to me. I hate people. Uh, anyway, we will uh, jump. We'll start off with the, uh, the NBA Finals because they are still currently going. Uh, as it stands now, it's 2-1 in favor of the Spurs who took Game 3 from the Heat in Miami um, in grand fashion, uh, shot 76% from the field in the first half, which I don't think will ever happen again. Uh, 71 points in the first half, not even, ever going to happen again. Even Popovich said, we'll never play another game that good. He's like, we shouldn't have played that good of a game to start with. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, Miami will make their adjustment adjustments, and that's one thing that, uh, some people have knocked Eric Spolstra's in-game adjustments, but uh, from game to game, one thing that the Heat have really done well in the Big Three era with Spolstra as their head coach is uh, is make adjustments for the next playoff game. So, I uh, I adjusted myself for most of the game. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable as a <laughs> Heat fan. So uh, I do think they'll come out in Game Four better. Uh, and I, I do still expect them to take the series. I was hoping in six so that they would be trying to clinch at home, but it looks like they may have to win game seven on the road if they're going to pull this thing out. You said clinch, pulled this thing out, and heat? Yes. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, I, feel like, uh, I feel like they'll probably win. I hope they win in six. Could be seven. Uh, I think they definitely win tomorrow on Thursday um I think it goes on the road I think they steal another one they have to steal another one in San Antonio now yes um I think I think the pivotal guy for the heat is going to be Chris Bosh I feel like you know he's going to come alive and be that emotional uh fire starter the emotional gasoline to pull on the rest of the team to get everybody fired up because I feel like when that guy gets going everybody else gets kind of into it so um I look I'm going to look to Chris Bosh to be the emotional leader of this uh, of the turnaround here. Yeah, I can get behind that. I, I, it seems like when he has a big game, um, the big three as a whole tend to go off. Uh, I don't know if it's because that opens things up for Wade and he can really get going. LeBron's always going to get his, and uh, it just it seems like when Bosch is knocking down his shots and he's gone for eighteen twenty a game. Uh, those three combined are going for like 80, 85 points, it seems like, every time. They, they just feed off each other. What I did see, what I found interesting today, actually, and this, this just broke um, just this evening, the Heat are now looking at the possibility of going after Carmelo Anthony to join the current big three that are there. Holy smokes. So basically and, the dream team. And what you would have to do, and here's why I'm not I'm not too keen on it. Number one, what you would have to do is James Wade and Bosch would all have to opt out. They have an opt out after this season, and um, their contracts were designed that way when they got together, so that they could have these three years at 
Still big money, but not quite max contract. Still, they could afford to sign other guys. And then they would have the chance to opt out and get the big money, you know, if things were kind of fading out or, or you know, what have you at that point. So they would all three have to opt out, and they would all three have to take a pay cut so we could bring in another big money superstar, superstar yeah. who's also going to have to take a pay cut. I don't know that Carmelo Anthony, number one, I don't know that he wants to leave New York. I, before he got traded there, that's where he wanted to be. That was his dream team. That was why he told the Nuggets, I'll only go to New York. That's the only place I'll be traded to, New York, Brooklyn, and then he ruled out Brooklyn. Uh, so I don't know that he'd be willing to leave New York. And I, here's the thing with Melo. He's, he's one of the league's best scorers, best pure scorers. Uh, you know, he's, I, I think, 6'8", and he's kind of along the lines of Kevin Durant. He can hit you, you know, he could hit it deep, hit the three, with consistency, he can take it down in the low post. Um, but he's one of those guys where the offense stops once he gets his hands on the ball. He's a ball stopper. You know, you, he gets the ball and he's got the one on one mentality, and it's like the rest of the team oh. doesn't exist. Traditionally, he's the only guy, you know, superstar on the team. He's been, you know, the guy who's got to put it on his back and carry him down the court. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at a couple years back when he got hurt and Lynn Sanity took over, (laughs) and uh, the team played better when he wasn't there, you know, and there's a reason for that, because when you have a guy that that the ball gets to him and stops, and now all of a sudden it's mellow on five, other guys, they just can't feed off that, you know, you, you have to involve your teammates. Because if you make it a one-on-one show, number one, they have disdain towards you. And number two, nobody else can get in rhythm. So it's tough to keep an offensive system rolling like that. He's done a little better job with that, or he had been doing a couple years ago when they made the playoffs and knocked the Celtics out. Uh, he had done a better job of it in, in that season, and that's kind of why they clicked like they did and uh, you know went on a nice roll. But he he would just have to change his mentality if he came to join Miami. It's not a one-man show. I mean, you got Wade has his moments where he takes over. LeBron, obviously, is the guy. You're not going to be the guy over LeBron. And you've got Chris Bosh, who's, you know, he has his moments. He would have to take a team-first mentality. And that's just on offense. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is not... I feel like he could be a good defensive player if he really wanted to, but I don't think he has the drive. He doesn't have the want to. You know, it's just not there to be a great defensive player. I mean, he's got great athleticism. There's no reason he couldn't be. You know, and he could defend anywhere from shooting guard to power forward with his size and agility, and I just don't think he wants it. But if he were to sign on with Miami, he would have to want it because that's one thing when, uh, when the big three got together. Spolster said right up front, the defense is going to be there. The offense will learn as we go how these guys fit each other. It's always with those three in this big three era with Spolster, it's always been defense first. So, you know, he's going to have to buy into that. I'd I'd love to see him go there. I feel like if they add another superstar, 
I mean, it's it is borderline price fixing and cheating, and you know, the, maybe the government should get involved because they shouldn't be discussing each other's contracts with each other. But uh, yeah. I'd love to see them there. It would be a little silly because they'd be able to have two superstars out and still have two superstars in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so um, pretty unstoppable. Um, wanted to touch on the Stanley Cup. Um, the Rangers, believe it or not, are still alive. Um, Billy, do you think they survive another game? Yeah, and that I we kind of talked about this last night, and you know I said if they can get a goal early and not give up the late last second right at the end of a period goal that just kind of deflates the team going into the locker room, they'd have a chance. And they they got one in the first period, and I believe they got one in the second. Or they might have both come in first. I don't remember. But uh, they got up 2-0, and L.A. came back and got one, you know, right back. But what they didn't do was they didn't fold. Because it, the one thing that they've done in the series, even when they had the lead in games one and two, when L.A. started coming back, that's it. You know, it's like the snowball's rolling downhill, and they held on to overtime and, you know, just lost in overtime. But... uh they they held on to the lead tonight, and I, I kind of expected them. You know, you just, as an athlete, all these guys, they've got a high level of pride. You know, you're, the last thing you want is to get swept, lose the cup on your home ice. So I kind of expected that they'd win game four uh, and at least send it back to L.A. Now, you know, you just look at it like this, if we can steal one out there. And in the first two games in L.A., they were, by all means, they were in it. Both games, I think, ended up going to overtime. So, uh, you know, they had their chances, and they were up in both games. So if they can just steal one in Game 5, get it back to New York, now you have a good shot of getting it to Game 7. And Game 7's come up. It, anything can happen. I um, wanted to get into uh, some baseball. I wanted to say congratulations uh, to my uh, Tampa Bay Rays. They managed to duke it out into last place, so good for you guys. You're worse than the Cubs. Um, Grant Balfour can't seem to uh, get it together this year. I, I like the guy. I think he's fun. Uh, I like his his intensity and his fire. He just uh, just isn't closing games. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets dealt before the All-Star trade, although I'd be sad to see him go. I'd be happy to win some games if that's what it takes us to deal him. Um, speaking of the uh, rivalries, could have yes. a rivalry coming up uh, with Oakland or um, with the A's and the uh, Orioles. Yes, uh, they had a bench clearer uh, hug match the other day. Yeah, and it was is one of those things. Is kind of like the way uh, the Red Sox and Rays rumble started last week. You know, it, granted that one was on a far wider time scale, but it was basically someone got butt hurt for no good reason he took offense to something he shouldn't have and then reacted like a a total douche like a baby uh, yeah if, if you didn't see saturday night and we'll link these on the facebook page uh saturday night there were runners on first and second and so you know in baseball ground ball runners on first and second you have to run because there's a force out uh, and the ball was hit to the third baseman. Machado's got to run a third. And he goes to try to avoid the tag of the third baseman. And in doing so, you know, he kind of jumps up out of the way. And the third baseman tags him in the chest. He didn't slap him, didn't punch him, didn't shove him. Just put a firm tag on him in the chest. 
And he, of course, he fell off balance, and he took that as a slight, and chucked his helmet and got in the guy's face, and both benches cleared out and had a big hug fest out by third base. Uh, kind of died down after that. The game was finished, yada, yada, you know, nothing big. So then they come out Sunday, and again, we'll link this as well. Uh, the A's, I believe, were up 10 nothing, and it was the 7th or 8th inning, and the A's pitcher whether it was intentional or not, came inside, almost hit Machado with a fastball. And so the next pitch does it again. And this is where you think maybe the first one was intentional. He comes back to him a second time, still misses him, and Machado kind of half-ass swings, and in the process, chucks the bat down at the third baseman. And you're just left thinking, what are you doing, you goon? Like... There's no reason for that. Number one, he didn't do anything to you in the first place the night before for you to have some goddamn grudge against him. And number two, that was the night before. It's done and over with. He's not the one who just threw at you. Why are you chucking your bat? And it's not like you're, you're rushing him and you're going to have a fist fight. You're throwing a weapon at him. You're throwing a club at him with the intention of trying to, I don't know, knock him out or or seriously injure him. You know, I thought when it happened, I thought for sure, well, number one, he's just going to get suspended just for being, you know, a colossal baby. For being silly, yeah. But it just... I think he did get a five-game suspension. Yeah, I think uh, you had mentioned that yesterday. I haven't haven't had a check, had a chance to look into it, but five games is is easily justifiable in this situation. Uh, one of the other items I forgot to mention to you earlier was um, I managed to sneak over to Raymond James and catch a soccer game, a World Cup friendly match. It was uh, Japan and Zambia, which Sweet. I, I thought was uh, it was pretty interesting. You know, I hadn't been to you know a soccer game since I was like I don't know twelve, and I was watching the fifteen year olds play. Of course, um, but it was it was fun uh, to see all the different culture there. Um, there was a lot of people, probably 10,000 at Raymond James. Nice. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, it was all general admission, uh, but there was lots of uh, lots of Japanese people, lots of yeah. Zambians. Is that, I don't know if that's what you call them. <laughs> I don't even know what a Zambian looks like. <laughs> uh, it's some African country as far as I could tell. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Japan ended up winning. Um, I, went, I went with uh, Kevin and Leilani and their baby early. Yeah, um, Kevin won some free tickets from Raymond James, like uh, following them on Twitter or something. So gotcha. Uh, it was pretty cool. Why I, else would you show up? Right. The <laughs> ticket prices were twenty five dollars a seat, and I was like, eh, that's a little. I don't know that I'd be paying that. Uh, yeah, really. To see a friendly World Cup soccer match on two teams that are not the United States, um, but I am kind of excited about seeing the United States play. A little bit of patriotism there. Uh, I hope they. Hope they do well. Uh, you know, I would love to see them win the whole thing. So we really can be the best at all the sports. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, I actually, I think the coach was quoted today, either today or last night, as saying that it's just not realistic for the U.S. to be expected to win it all, which I kind of agree with, only because we seem to be like the one one country in the world, uh, in addition to maybe Canada, who just doesn't give a damn about soccer. On a national level, you know, every there are a lot of uh, soccer fanatics. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like that underground type love 
I guess I don't. Tampa has a surprisingly good uh, soccer market. Um, I think having the Rowdies in town for so long has done that. And I know USF's soccer team, men's soccer team, even the women's soccer team is pretty good. But the men's soccer team has has been in the running for a national title a couple times. Um, We actually have a surprising number of fans in the Tampa Bay area. But, again, it's one of those things where it's just – it's struggling to gain traction in the U.S. Um, Like, I – to think it's even behind hockey and there's a lot of Americans who just don't care about hockey even. It's definitely behind hockey. I would way rather watch hockey than soccer on television. Yeah, but it is, I don't really watch it. Um, If there's nothing else on TV and it's one of like the Champions League games, I'll put it on as background noise and do something else. But when the World Cup comes around, I'll at least follow it until the U.S. is knocked out. Right, in the same way. And then I'll just, you know, check the scoreboards after that and, yeah. and see who actually... And I may watch a championship game if, you know, I'm not working and we're not running around doing stuff and I don't have, you know, a bedroom to clean or something like that. Or or recording a wildly successful podcast. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, Father's Day is actually coming up. Um, Billy, you and I are both fathers. Um, I wanted to kind of get into Father's Day a little bit. Um, I always think it's interesting because... You know, like for me and, you know, for you the same way, um, there's not really much that I want, you know, or not much that I need. Yeah. Um, so I am notoriously difficult to shop for. I'm pretty sure you are too. Exactly. Um, you know, food is always good. Um, you know, my the way to my heart is through my stomach. Yes. Well, that's one of the ways. There's another way, but I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> um you know, I uh, I am a sucker for a good steak and potatoes. Uh, throw some uh, mixed vegetables in there, and we got ourselves a winner. Um, yeah, I'm kind of along the same lines, except substitute uh, mac and cheese for mixed vegetables because okay. I'm uh, I'm against the torture and killing of poor defenseless plants. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, are there any gifts that you? don't want like i know that the list of wants is probably short but are there any gifts out there that you just would rather not rather not get save your money well you know there's a thing where and i don't think it happens quite as much as you get older and women grow wiser but uh the younger crowd women grow wiser someday someday we're at least 10 years removed from that okay okay i was that's uh some women I know, and maybe it's not women, maybe it's uh, teens, girls, just above the teens, early 20s. I don't know, they think it's cute to like give you the, the cutesy hearts underwear or a nice you know, pair stuff of mantis. Like yeah, um, let's, let's just stay away from things like silk boxers. Uh, you may as well not be wearing anything. Silk boxers give you no cover. No support, and quite frankly, they do a hell of a job riding up and chafing. They do ride up, uh, especially if you're wearing jeans. Uh, can't They're very have. uncomfortable. They're just uncomfortable. So stay stay away from the silk underwear unless you've got a man who's uh, an adult themed model. <laughs> if you're buying underwear, buy it for you to wear on you for me. Precisely. I feel like that would be a great gift that I would never turn down. 
Yeah, because you know what? I, I've got all the boxer briefs that I need uh, for the rest of time. And, and maybe not for the rest of the time because, you know, they'll get holy someday. and You'll need to replace them, but that's on me. I'll go to the store and buy a five-pack. Buy a couple packs, yep. You know, um, purge through the works. I'm, you know, if you don't know what gift to buy me, I'm always into, uh, like, services. Um, I'll never turn down a shoulder rub. Back you know, massage. Um, back massage. I hold a lot of tension in my uh, upper inner thighs, uh, so <laughs> working, working that tension out would be appreciated. Uh, so, <laughs> um, if you if you know if you're out there thinking what what would Devin like, it's you know those sorts of things would be great. Um, um, you know, meat and cheese, <laughs> right? Yeah, meat and cheese. Yep, a sandwich is great. Um, you know gift cards or uh you know those those are perfect even tools tools Uh, because you know most men can find a way to use tools even if they don't currently have a need for them right exactly exactly um you know uh for valentine's day my my loving wife actually got me a hatchet because every time we go through lows i go ooh, look at all the shiny hatchets and, um, and before that, it was, ooh, look at all those machetes. I could so use a machete. And that was actually my Christmas gift was like a three-foot-long machete with a saw blade on the backside. And it is fantastic. Also, your neighbor two houses down is also a lunatic, so it helps to have those uh, yes. those items handy. And, you know, if the zombie apocalypse ever comes along, uh, Dad is well-prepared with his three-foot machete and his hatchet. So, I mean, things like that. And, and I just, I go looking for excuses to break out my machete. So, again, tools are always a good thing because men will just find something to use them for. Even if you have no project that's worth your time and you just want to nail a couple boards together. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. You'll break out the tools just for that, just because it feels manly. I agree. Um, now... A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about um, about movies and specifically movie sequels and sequels that were better than the original. Uh, so we're going to kind of revisit that with a little bit of a twist, uh, the obvious twist as uh, which sequels turned out worse than the original. Um, and this was hard for us because, you know, the terrible movies you don't watch. So why yeah. would you ever remember a terrible movie? You know? A lot of times you have a pretty good idea that a sequel <laughs> right. is going to be bad, so you avoid it. Yep. Or, yeah, you see the trailer or the box, and you're just like, you know what, I'm going to pass. You know, yeah, I, you're going, hey, that's a cash grab. Yeah. Or like you said, you just purge any memory of it. <laughs> right, yeah, you just push it out. You don't remember it. It was a terrible movie. Why would I remember that I, you know, that I saw The Land Before Time 2? You know? Yeah, or, you know, and the sad thing with that one is they made like six of those. <laughs> I know. Good Burger, the director's cut. So I just, um, you know, we, uh, Billy, did you have any on your list, uh, some sequels that were worse than the original? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I'll go ahead and start off with a, uh, a movie franchise that is near and dear to my heart. And most kids, most people my age that watch these movies as kids, um, I know you watch these movies. Uh, the Ninja Turtle movies, the live-action movies. The big rubber suits. Um, yeah, the first one was fantastic. Number two with the gigantic Shredder and Rocksteady and oh, Bebop. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were both and, uh, right. 
Vanilla Ice, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, was a fantastic movie. Uh, Ninja Turtles 3, uh, I think the subtitle for that was Turtles in Time or something lame like that. The one where they end up going back to the old uh, samurai days. I do not remember that. Just... You probably watched it once and hated it and forgot it. <laughs> I it. honestly, I don't remember much about the movie because I hated it so much. Like, it it was just an obvious cash grab because the first two were so wildly popular. They just figured, well, let's let's throw some crap at the wall and it'll stick and we'll make money off of it. And it was, it was terrible. And I just, it, it hurts me to say that a Ninja Turtles movie was terrible but number three was awful so you know we go to best buy and i go oh look there's the first two let's buy those oh babe you want the third one no nope the third one's an abomination pass Uh, in my heart it never happened (laughs) um i had one uh the original uh tim burton michael keaton michelle feinfer batman was good yes uh all of the subsequent uh, all the way up until Batman: The Beginning, were bad. They were, they were not good movies. Uh, you know the uh, the uh, who's that guy? Val Kilmer was no good. Yeah. Um, George Clooney was no good. Um, I didn't really like any of them. And it, you know, probably had a lot to do with the villain as well because you know who can follow Jack Nicholson. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say the uh, the 80s 90s Batman series uh, didn't didn't stand up to the first one. Yeah, it went downhill fast. And I know a lot of people feel the same way. Uh, I kind of feel the same way, too. I I think the second one was okay. Is that the one with Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito was the Penguin. And and, uh, Jim Carrey? No, Jim Carrey was in the next one, but just as bad. Um, It was a little weird, the one with the Penguin. It was odd. I mean, he did a good job as the Penguin. Yeah, um, but, but it was, was it's still just a weird good. movie. Yeah, the first one was good. The first one was great. Yes, the first one was fantastic. Uh, I think still stands to the test of time. Uh, you can put it, watch it on a movie channel now, and you're you can sit and watch it and enjoy it. It's still good. And the rest of them just mm, not so much. All right, what's your next one? Uh, the next one I have is uh, the first Jurassic Park. I'm sure you remember. I remember being terrified when we saw it in the theater. Uh, my brother and I, after the T-Rex scene, faked like we had to go to the bathroom. And we stood out in the lobby for 10 minutes until my stepdad came back and got us and said, Hey, are you coming back to watch the movie? <laughs> and wow. we said, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we were just on our way back in. Mikey Definitely. had to poop. He wanted me to wait. Yeah. So... The first one was fantastic. Loved it. I I don't think anybody would disagree with that. The Lost World, um, and this may be more on me because I read the book first. And I did this. I read this book in seventh grade before I was wise to the fact that you read a book and the movie is nothing like it. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, you you get this this mental picture in your head of what the movie is going to be like. And then you see the movie and it's nothing but disappointment. I felt the same uh, way. I read the book and saw the movie, and the it movie was, was awful. Terrible. If they and they could have taken 
even even without even with cutting some of the details, if they had stuck somewhat to the plot of the actual book, would have been a fantastic movie. But it, it just you know at one point in the book it was it was one egg poacher went and stole the T Rex eggs, and in the movie it's the entire goddamn corporation comes in just sets up shop like nothing's wrong. Um, I didn't care for it. I also didn't care for number three. Which I did go and see with hopes that it would be on par with the first one. A redemption. Yeah, like Lost World never happened. And it was okay. I think it was better than Lost World, but it still wasn't great. It still was kind of a disappointment. And now I hear they're coming out with a new one. And it just makes me cringe. It makes me think, okay, we've, we've had 20 years since the original came out. Let's see if we can capitalize on that movement and make more money off of it. Well, I think I think it's going to be better because I think they're bringing a lot of the original cast back. Um, mm-hmm. So, whereas uh, you know the other ones, there was just uh, what was that guy's name? Malcolm uh, Ian yeah. Malcolm was the main character, kind of through two and three. You know, he was like the you know the the only one. So they're going to be bringing some of the original guys back, the ones that haven't died or been eaten by dinosaurs between now and then. Uh, so. I have I have high hopes for the new Jurassic Park. Um, I will probably watch it, but you know, I will have tempered expectations. I'll say that. Now, in the uh, mid '80s and early '90s, Disney did uh, something which I think is atrocious. Yes, uh, and they went after the money. And you know, if you're making cartoons, you know, I think a byproduct could be the money. Um, you know, if you make a good Disney cartoon, you're set for life. Um, yes. But what they did was they took movies like uh, Lady and the Tramp. Uh, they took movies like uh, Snow White and Cinderella, um, The Little Mermaid, and they made sequels to these movies. Uh, and they're all terrible. Awful. Every, you know, all dogs go to heaven, too, so they go to heaven again. I mean... Yeah, really. Um, you know, the Cinderella, A Wrinkle in Time, or something like that. It was just... They're not I think g- they made uh, three, two or three Aladdin sequels. Yeah. They could have just left it with the first yeah. one. Just, you know, they were I. They were all bad. All Wasn't of them. there a Lion King 2, Simba's Pride yeah, or something like so. that? Yeah, I think so. It's like, come on. The original is fantastic. When the original came out on Blu-ray a couple years ago, that was a first day buy for me. I just... Disney went on the cash grab route and and tried to grab as much money as they could, and these sequels were awful, terrible. Or like Cars Two was, uh, I didn't like it as much as the original Cars. Um, maybe because I have a bootleg copy of it. Uh, you know, maybe that's why I don't like it. I don't know. That you acquired totally legally. Right. It's a backup, obviously, <laughs> for my Argentinian friend. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad, but again, and we kind of talked about this earlier, the the problem with sequels sometimes is you go in with big expectations if the first one was great, um, and a lot of times they disappoint just because you have higher expectations than you would if, say, they were just coming out as their own movie. But I feel like most of these movies we've discussed have kind of the, it's not just based solely on their expectations but the fact that they were just crap how about these i got i just thought of one more series pitch black um all except the most recent incarnation of the pitch black series uh were terrible you know like the chronicles of riddick and you know all the 
you know, kill the Furion and stuff like that. The first one was awesome, and the last one was okay. Yeah, see, I never, I never actually got around to seeing Pitch Black just because. Oh, it's fun. It wasn't anything that I avoided per se, but most of the other ones that came out after that, I, they just didn't strike my fancy. No, they, they were really lame. They didn't look worth a damn. And I so love, I avoided them. I love Vin Diesel. I think he's fun. He's a big comic book nerd. He plays video games. Uh, he's super dreamy. He does, uh, you know, the, uh, I I think he's a good guy, but those movies were no good. No good at all, for sure. Uh, the one I have, and I know we kind of disagreed on this, um, the spoof movies. I think after Scary Movie 2, I think it just kind of, they went down as grasping at straws. Um and then all the subsequent spoof movies, uh, superhero movie, date movie, epic movie, I, they all just, they were awful. Like, they have their funny, cheap moments, but as a whole, they're just terrible. I think the first two scary movies, they were good at, they were interesting throughout. It wasn't just a, a cheap joke, cheap laugh here and there. Like, they were legitimately funny all the way through and i think after that they just started and they would advertise that this one was created by one of the eight creators of the first scary movie (laughs) you know obviously they're trying to parody that but they're trying to draw people in at the same time and it just it showed that only one of the eight writers was there and it was the one unfunny one on the staff i love how i love how in those some of those movies they're you know it's like oh starring uh you know carmen electra and she's in it for 90 seconds. Yeah, she's in it like... Uh, you know, she's wearing a first... bikini for 90 seconds and she's gone. Yeah, like the first scary movie had, uh, who was it, Jenny McCarthy and someone else making out in the beginning and they were there for 30 seconds and then they're done. But they were headline, you know, stars. Oh, of course. Of course. That's the only way to draw them in when you're making, uh, you know, crappy spoof movies. I will always watch the Wayans Brothers movies. And I don't yeah. know why, but I always will. Um, and Charlie Sheen, for that matter, too. I will. Um, I feel like he's put in the time. Hot Shots Part Two uh, sealed the deal for me. Yes. And um, you know, I tried watching that one with uh, with Heather, and she hated it. <laughs> Just wasn't feeling it, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, and you know, I'm the type of person I can pretty much laugh at anything. I loved that movie when I was younger. And we tried watching it on DVD, and she just went, okay, I'm going in the other room. This is stupid. <laughs> I had enough. I, this, so, ca- this candy's not going to crush itself. I'll be in the bedroom. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think you just have to have you know a taste for it. But most of them, most of them like I said, after Scary Movies 2, most of those spoof movies were just, they were done. They were retreads. They were tired. They were just beat up. It was done with. All right, and I think that might be all we have time for today. Um, I wanted to leave you guys. I uh, wanted to let you know you can find us on Twitter at the BDS or at BDSM Show. You can find us on Facebook, BDS, uh, Facebook.com/slash BDSM. Um, and uh, I'm going to leave you guys with a quote. It's funny because uh, Billy actually mentioned him a little bit earlier. Um, oh, good Rob Van Winkle. Uh, once said, rap is from the streets. I'm from the streets. That's why a lot of people accept me. And really nobody accepts him. <laughs> um, we will, uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys later. See you guys.